Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, and we are exactly two weeks away from the U.S. kicking off their game against Japan before then facing Saudi Arabia four days later. So we have a lot to dig into, as always, especially as it pertains to what we want to get out of these last 180 minutes for our players before the roster drops. So me, Heath, and Charlie all have a list of three things we want to see accomplished in these two friendlies. And of course, we want to give you an opportunity to give us your opinion. So hit us up in the comments if you're watching on YouTube or hit us up at ISWTPod on Twitter if you're listening to this in podcast platform of your choice, as it were. But before that, what I think is interesting is that Greg Berhalter, boys, has come out and said that he, barring any unforeseen injuries, that 85% of his roster is already set. And I did the math. I got the calculator out. That means that he's got 22 players written in pen, and there's only four spots left up for grabs. So we need to whip through this list, Charlie. I'm going to go to you first because less than two weeks ago, you put together your locks, and there were only 16 names, which means yeah, that Greg, Greg, is only, Greg is one up to you and has 22. So let's hash this out. <laughs> Where do you think uh, – that's six more players. That is pretty significant. And then obviously, Heath, you jump in whenever you want. It, it is pretty significant. I would say, you know, you're, you're, I got my list right here. Do you? How many Only keepers? Six, you, I got how many Stephen, keepers you bring? You got, I bring three. Got Stefan Turner and I think he's going to go Horvath. Same. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, so Sean Johnson, he, he, he gone. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Gone. Un- unfortunately. Sorry. I, I, right I, love, I love you, Sean Johnson. Hold on. I'm writing it in. So I think locks for, for camp. Right now, are we going camp? Or are you doing roster? Because he's saying he's saying twenty two for the roster, like the, the final roster. roster. Yeah, roster. let's let's the do roster. 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 Mm-hmm. Let's do let's, roster. Let's, roster. I, I, I want to hash this out because I'm trying to figure out what his twenty two is. 
Um, so Stefan Turner Horvath, those three. So we got 19 yeah. left. Okay, so Dest Zimmerman, yep. Chris Richards, yep, Anthony, Anthony Robinson. Robinson. Yep. Okay. I say DeAndre Yedlin. You think Yedlin's in? Yes. Mm-hmm. Damn. Peace out, Joe Scally. <laughs> Not to say that he Peace out, Reggie. Scally isn't there, but for sure. Reggie sh- can tell you too. one thing for sure, Yedlin's in. Just because of experience. He the group mm-hmm. has kind of uh leaned on DeAndre Yedlin. He's one of those like emotional leaders of the group. You 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 can't see him not in the twenty six for Qatar. That's just I I think that's a locked in. You think he's a lock because of twenty six, or do you think twenty three he would have been a lock too? That's I think he was a twenty three. He was a lock, but twenty six for certainly he's a lock. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, Yedlin's in for you. Yeah. Then, okay. then you have Adams, De La Torre, and Kyle Adam- Costa. Tyler Adams. Okay. And then Eunice Musa, mm-hmm. Gio Reyna, Weston McKinney, Brent Aronson, yep, right? Tim Weah. Christian Pulisic. De La Torre. Jesus Ferreira. I said yes. De La Torre, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Missed that. Yeah, that's so I got that. Hold on. That's one, two, three, four. I mean, we're really only talking about. That's 18. Like, that's it's 18. more of. It's, it, okay, so Malik Tillman. four more. Okay. You think, you think Tillman's in? I don't, I don't, I don't know. He had two big games this past week. Mm-hmm. And he didn't Celtic. do well. Yes, and 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 against Ajax, and I'm not saying he was invisible, but okay, Paul Ariola. He can only do something. <laughs> Are you saying he's not in? Greg I, goes. I, Greg I, goes I, back to him all the time. I don't. I don't think Ariola's in. I mean, I think there's some. I think there's something to be said for. Eh, I don't think. Ar- I don't think Ariola's in either. Just because if you're talking about ah, options, he might be in. Op, All right, option. guys, we got to get to 22 then. How are we, we getting to 22? More. Well, I think there's another step we back. We, I think Cameron Carter, Cameron Carter Vickers. Cameron Carter Vickers, I think he proved himself I, to get into that 22. My man's got a couple games. Aaron Long, I think that you'd want to talk about guys he falls back on. Aaron Long. I think right? he's already got his four yeah, for seven backs. I, think, I yeah. do. Okay, so we're, we're going to go. Long. We're going to go CCV, Aaron Long. That puts us at 20 now. That's two more then. If you go with Long, go with Long and Carter Vickers. And sorry, everybody. I know we had other topics to discuss, and, yeah. and I want to get into that. But this has just completely turned my head, and we need to get into what Greg's 22 is. Again, hit us up on Twitter, ISWTPod, or, or hit us up in the comments right now. Now, now here's the, the two forwards, because th- there's two Yeah, you got to bring – there's two more spots. So, so I think Sargent's in. I, that's me. Um, uh, and, I think, and I think Pepe's in. You got to bring Pfock or Haji though. I don't think Haji's even going to get called into this September. I game, think Pfock. I think Pfock's a lock. Pfock is think, a lock. I think, but I don't Pe- think Pfock rhymes. I Let's do that. I, 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 I don't think Pfock's a think lock. Pepe, I think Pepe is going to the World Cup. Could you? Can you take somebody that hasn't scored in potentially a year? Can that that plays that position? No, but I am. I am. I think he's put. I think he's. I'm putting a, a lot of a stock. He, in I'll say like this to Holland. Berhalter is going to have his Johnny Bornsteins, right? Just like Bob did, so so I think maybe Ricardo Pepe's one. Why do we it. have to use him as the example, guys? Like, why don't you? Every coach has their guys, you know. Like, like, like Bruce had Jimmy Conrad, you know. No, that's not true. I would have got a two thousand two as like, well. That's Bruce not had true. Jimmy Conrad, you know what I mean? Like, uh, real head scratcher, but like Bruce loved him, you know. Even played him, you know. Uh, let's, oh, like, and I proved him right. By the he way, did. but go ahead, keep going. Hey, I, I yeah. love, I, lo- I love how how Zach Drummond is is getting in there uh, talking about when Greg was asked about the striker position, how who he addressed first, 
and then how he addressed them. Oh uh, yeah, he said Vasquez so a- like second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, but like th- there is there is I think if you're 85 percent through, there's probably one or two of the 22 to 24 that you're like likely circumstantial, right? You're you're looking at like you're reserving four for injuries for for you know maybe some sort of game changing. But by and large, I would think that the fine two of those four are form form based, right? Which would likely be strikers, right? Yeah. Right, for right, sure. Right. But as much as P folk is, is, is scoring in the Bundesliga, remember that McBride and, and Greg always hammer down what is best for the team. And yeah. That but Charlie, that's, that's pressure. for the, that's for the, the, the team, but this team down a goal in the 90th minute, isn't going to be I'm, about pressure. I'm hundred percent right? with you. So that's what I'm saying. Like when I say P it's not based on whether or not P Fox is starter in this team. P will not start for our national team. No, but, PFOC is a lot in terms of this guy is in form. He's a goal scorer and the situation might happen where he's the guy to go to. It's not going to be when you need to press. It's not going to be when you need uh, a certain system of play. Yeah. You need a goal. You put, you need somebody like that. Every world cup has had guys like that all the way back to the, to, to Jimmy in, in, in the fifties. You've had that. that, (laughs) Why does it always have to come back to that? (laughs) You keep bringing up Johnny Johnny boy. Way to go Johnny boy. Yeah, you know, Johnny, I, Johnny Boy just tilted the bar a little bit farther to the left than you did. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think if you're looking at strikers, uh, Sergeant probably played his way into this into this yeah, team. I agree. So, so Sergeant, I think Sergeant is is a lock. Okay, all right. So, so if we have P. and Sergeant, that that gets us to our twenty-two. But mm-hmm. to your point, Heath, I do think that there might be a spot for Areola over and Tillman. I think, I think one of those two guys. All I'm saying is you've got you've got big games. You didn't do a lot with it. It would be very bizarre to have MMA Luca De La Torre and then Kellen Acosta. Do you think that's enough? That that's your midfield, like in a World well, Cup. No, no. You also have you throw in Musa McKenny. No, no, I'm saying Aronson. I'm saying no. I'm saying MMA is yeah. your midfield plus yeah. De La Torre and Acosta. and Acosta. No, you're bringing one I, more. It's just a matter of who you're bringing. But but Tillman plays more central than than Yeah, but you, you can also move Reyna and Aronson in there. You could. You could. You could. I mean, Aaron, yeah. So I I don't see Okay. Yeah. Well, well, let's move this on because I think it's a nice segue then to the three things that we want to see. As I mentioned at the top, there's only 180 minutes left for Greg Berhalter to decide who his final roster is going to be on November 9th. Now, I say that as a group. Obviously, there's going to be plenty of club games for him to analyze, which I think, to Heath's point, are going to be performance-based. And I know, Charlie, you said it as well, for that last four spots. Who's playing well at that right moment to bring in? When when Greg Berhalter just did his very refreshing interview with Andrew Weeby of MLSsoccer.com, you can go find it on the YouTubes, he did mention that he's not there to develop players at this juncture of the World Cup cycle. It's just who's in good form and who do I think can help the team in this particular moment? And I thought that was... I mean, it seems obvious, but I'm glad that he stated it. So that's that's important to, to put out there. So what I'm going to ask you guys is the three things that you want to see from this team. And, and the big question for me, the overarching theme or maybe underlying theme is the better way to say it is, what do you do if you're Greg Berhalter, the staff? Are you still in this mode of tinkering to try to find your best 11? Or are you fine-tuning because you already know who your best 11 is and you want to get them to play together? Because... These 180 minutes, I'm going to throw this out there for everybody to understand, to to understand how people move in in high-pressure situations is going to be paramount for us to have success at the World Cup. 
and we need to build that rapport as much as possible. And I don't think that tinkering maybe is in our best interest no. at this juncture. Jimmy, but, but you also want to see Charlie. You also want to see other guys halftime get some minutes too. Half so this time, is halftime half time. and substitutions. All right. Greg knows his eleven. He or he has an idea of this is my eleven. You're going to go with your best eleven for the World Cup. Who you think in your mind is going to be leading the 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 team out for that first game mm-hmm. against Wales? Basic, so but but you, but, you're, but but that's not necessarily. I would say my 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 flip side to that is that you got to be. You're starting for first game specifically, yes. But in the group stages, there's a 14 of like again. We we're going to talk about we've got five starters up top. You know, like we like we've got for the first time ever we've got five starters yes. in the attack. Yeah. Uh, we can only start three of them or four of them maybe. No, no. There's there's only two players, Aronson and Reyna. Right. The, the literally those are the only two. What about them? that you <laughs> that are if, have to start. Aronson has to start, right? So, mm-hmm. and Timo Wea has been injured, so that right, make, right. that makes that decision really easy. Well, at least for the for September now, friendly. now, yes, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, really easy. Now, Gio Reyna is starting to get hot, but the excuse is he's just starting to play again, so he he still has a while. But come November, that's the question: is how do you fit if Gio Reyna is playing like the way we know he can play, and he's mm-hmm. fit, and Brian Aronson continues, Christian Pulisic is still in in kind of limbo. How do you make sure that you're playing the best possible team to win, given that Christian Pulisic maybe isn't playing as much as you'd like and those other players are hot? That's the only discussion. Literally what I just said. Reyna. Literally what I just said. You said yeah. five. There's literally yeah, one, there's, one player. No, no, there's five players. that You've got You've got five players and you've got three positions. But Tim, Tim, Timo Way is out. He's injured. So it's not even Yeah, for September. But like we're talking about this, if Greg's got his starting 11 licked, then it shouldn't be based on injury. It's based on the fact that we expect all these players to be fit come November. Then the starting 11's not licked. Because if Timo Way is in hot form, and Ray is in hot form, Rain is in hot form, and Aronson's in hot form, uh, that's I, one, I, maybe I two positions. Think, I still think Aronson now starts over Timo Way in that right wing spot. Okay, so just to give everybody some context as well, the, the roster for this these two games, these two friendlies against Japan and Saudi Arabia should be dropping next week. So we're going to have plenty to dive into. And I think that Greg is going to have to show his hand a little bit in terms of who his 22, at least at the minimum, are are looking like. So it'll be interesting to see who gets called into that. Now, one of the things that I'm going to jump in and say that one of my three things that I want to see in this particular 180 minutes is how do we get Reyna, Pulisic, and Aronson on the field together at the same time? And who gets sacrificed to make that happen? Is it a number nine? Potentially. Is it a Musa or McKinney that has to sacrifice to make that happen? Potentially, even no. though I, don't, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> no. But I'm just saying, so, what, one of my issues is, is that we had four games in the June window. And all we wanted, or at least all I wanted in one of those four games, was to see Timo Weah at the nine so that we could have Aronson and Pulisic and all three of those guys on the field at the same time. Now, I believe we did that against Morocco because did Aronson start more centrally there? And Weah was on one side and Pulisic was mm-hmm. on the other. And yeah. we played pretty goddamn well, all things considered. Now, Jesus Ferrer didn't <laughs> score. But we, we that first half was pretty impressive, and we took it to him. What does that look like now with Reyna? Now, we had to sacrifice somebody in the midfield for that to happen. And I think it was, did McKinney not start against Morocco? And Musa did? I'll have to yes. go look back at that. Yeah, okay. yeah. That- so somebody got sacrificed, and we looked pretty good. Now, now I just want to see, because there's going to be, again, the situational stuff, 
there could be a time where that makes sense for the opponent that we're facing. Maybe it is an Iran that we know is going to sit back or or maybe even Wales is going to come out and be conservative, especially in that first half. Who's going to take initiative in the first half of that first game? It's going to be really interesting to see. That, that's conversation for another time. But but that's one of the things that I'd like to see. Can we just, even if it's 20 goddamn minutes, can we commit 20 minutes to seeing what that looks like, knowing that we've had a taste of it with the Morocco game, but now with Gio Reyna involved instead? What do you guys say to that, Heath? I'll come to you first. Uh, yeah. I mean, as, as one of the things I'd, I'd like to see is, is I don't, th- I, I, I guess one of the things in, in that same theme is that is Greg going to show a different lineup based on getting the players on the field that he thinks is going to give him the best chance to win against Wales, as Charlie just mentioned, what that team is seems like it's a system based, right? Who's going to, we just talked to, to, to Brian McBride about the pressing, the transition, the, the 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 type of play that you're going to need the ability to run um and while that obviously makes it uh, very obvious and apparent around somebody like Jordan Pifok that doesn't necessarily answer the question on whether or not you play a Jesus Ferreira or you play with a different false nine and like you said get get uh those three attackers on the field get Gio Reyna on the field get Brendan Aronson on the field and get Christian Pulisic on the field at the same time that's a hard, hard challenge because you said it. Charlie goes, no, you're not coming back into my midfield. Get out of my midfield. That's locked, you know? Go <laughs> right, deal sure. with that up no there. Problem. Okay. But then Jesus Ferreira, you go, well, he brings something that the other three definitely won't. But those players are also players that are, that are, I think, better than Jesus Ferreira. And, and interchangeable Ferreira a striker, too, right? Yeah. You don't um, have to and, sit in one spot. You can move them around. They can try to create overloads on, I, on different, I, numer- or, you know, out wide or whatever they want. I, w- I would say against an Iran that that would work really well where where you can play a false nine or you know whether it's Christian Pulisic playing there or I don't think I'd like to see Brendan Aarons in that position just because he's not going to hold up the ball at all but I also see Brendan Aarons at long periods in the center of the field do really well but also at long periods look lost yes. and I think he's still got a ways to go in the center of the pitch to be impactful over long periods because the energy is there, but sometimes that energy becomes inefficient when he's chasing the game to try to find it. Then he's too far back and then he's too far. Like he, he just seems off the cadence at times when he's, when he's trying to find a way to be impactful differently than when the team is having an off day at the wing, he can still find ways to, to, to do something well for the team or do something spectacular. Yeah. So I, uh, you know me, I'm a striker. I want to no, see strikers. I don't want to see a, a winger or a midfielder playing in the nine position. I want someone who can, who, who Brian McBride touched on too. Who can do it all? Who can hold up the ball? Who can make runs in deep? Who can check? Who can finish? We, we, I think we have that player. So it's about giving them an opportunity to go out and execute. So right now, I'm just saying, let's let's see what our best eleven looks like with a real striker in that first friendly. See how it goes. So, and so see this, what those connections look like. hundred percent. This this triggered me a little bit. In terms of that first starting lineup against Honduras in the opening World Cup qualifier, okay? Because you want to obviously put your best foot forward in that game. And I know that there was a bit of a mixed squad because we had Canada in, in game two. But listen to this lineup. I, I, I'm kind of surprised. Matt Turner was in goal. Dest at left back. Tim Ream and Miles Robinson as the center backs. Yedlin as the right back, the starting team. Brendan Aronson, Adams, and McKinney as our men, midfield three. And De La Fuente, Sargent, and Gio Reyna as our front three. And we struggled in this game. Now, that's a pretty talented 11. And mm-hmm. we have guys like that are obviously very good and guys we're going to be counting on in, in the World Cup, of course. But we struggled with a low block in this. And so this makes me wonder, when I think about that Morocco game, the one I'm kind of highlighted and thinking, and I know it was a friendly and Morocco was tired. They just showed up two days before. I want to take all that into consideration. But we hurt them when Pulisic made runs from midfield in behind. 
that that's where that that first thing unlocked it, and then he he slid it over to Aronson for the tap in, and and you don't get that against an El Salvador. I don't know if you're gonna if Wales is gonna give us that same type of space. And when that low block happens, how are we gonna figure out ways to create opportunities? You know, we might get these little fancy one twos that don't go anywhere. You know, thirty yards out, but that that gives me a little bit of of let's say concern. But just how are we gonna try to solve that problem in the attacking third? So. I guess that would be an, an additional thing that I'd be looking for in this particular matchup. And I hope Saudi Arabia and Japan give us some of those looks defensively so we can learn how to block, you know, I, break down a low I, block. I think certainly Japan will. And and they're very organized and they have good technique, but they tend to sit more than, than being on the front foot and exposing themselves. And this is the conversation between... Uh, Thierry Henry, Jamie Carragher, Clint Dempsey the other day was... We're going to get when, into that too. When, Don't worry. When... You look at Christian Pulisic and teams are just sitting. They're saying he's had a tough time unlocking the the, the better teams who who sit in these low blocks. You look at CONCACAF a lot of the times because he tries to do too much. You take too many touches. When Christian's at his best is when he's playing one, two touch. Yeah, he can dribble. He can do all those great things. But it makes it more difficult on him and he brings more people to to him. When he's free and he's able to find himself isolated because he's taking less touches and gets in behind, like you said, that's when he's at his best. So you say, oh, well, the game's opened up and it's transition. He's phenomenal. When they sit back, he struggles. Well, I well think, he's not alone. There's a lot of players that struggle yes, on that. I mean, you look at the whole, the whole team. <laughs> not uh, just even our team. Like plenty of top class, world-class players struggle in those situations yes. too. But, but I think – in this case, it'll be a good opportunity to see Christian against these two opponents in, in September, how it looks with this group, the top group. And there's been a, a maturation process as well. Let's let's be of honest. Course, of course, that first game against Honduras, a lot of those guys don't, aren't playing the same way anymore. I mean, look at Brent Aronson from then to now. Of course. of course. And now we have Tim Ream that's emerged. Or not mm-hmm. Tim Ream. Uh, Anthony Robinson that's emerged as our left back, right? So we can put desks on the other side so yeah there was still some tinkering happening but, in that particular thing but still pretty talented 11 all things considered Heath. but by the way th- th- that's my second second thing that i was trying to, to 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 get out of this camp which is uh who can be a backup left back i i again go back like to that, my my yeah, own yeah. my own period and bob had options right johnny was uh, johnny and i probably split split why are you bringing uh, up johnny bornstein again man you're always bringing up johnny bornstein. <laughs> johnny and i probably split most of our most of our caps during that that four four year uh sort of cycle together um and then and then it started to come towards the world cup where it's 23 players right and you start to look at other options we know carlos bocanegra could could step in it uh uh, at that position, Demarcus Beasley started to evolve as a player and be a little less of an out-and-out winger and could drop into that position. Right. So mm-hmm. when we look at this now, we haven't tinkered with that, and now we're being forced to tinker with like who could be the n- another option, who's a left-footed player that can play straight up in the way that we want to play, mm-hmm. that can play in that position. Now you could say Serginho Dest, which we all talked about all along. Well, guess what? If Serginho Dest is playing and he's a, and he's playing on the right side. He's not going to come in and play on the left side, and then us, us go for DeAndre Yedlin. Like I don't think that's going to happen. I still think he's the one on the right. You think, We've just got to find who the left is, and that, you, that's a you, big deal. But is, but do you potentially pencil in Dest as your backup left back to Anthony Robinson, so you can bring a Reggie Cannon on the right side, so you can bring no. that one more additional player? I think that's too many. I think that's too many players. But I mean, it's it's a fair argument, right? That's what you've got to look through. Is okay if in the case we didn't have. Jedi Robinson at at left back in the World Cup. Who's going to play that position? Right. It's not going to be Christian Pulisic. 
It's not going to be a, a, a central midfielder. It, it's not going to be uh, Kellen Acosta. You know, <laughs> it's not. Gonna, you know, it's not going to be those guys. So who's it going to be? Is it going to be Joe Scally? Is it going to be still Sam Bynes? Is it yeah. Sam Bynes get a chance to look uh, at this in the form that he's in? Does he get a chance to come in and say, "Hey, you might have other options, but I'm a pure left back, and I should be considered for this because you have 26 players." Why would you not want to bring a natural left back in this position that's playing regularly that you can right. throw in and know that you don't have to change the way in which this team's going to play? Charlie, thoughts? Well, Chris Richards can also play left back, right? So I think you're looking at players not, who can These play guys aren't traditional left backs, though, no, right? I mean, it's just not. a matter of whether you want a traditional left back or if you want to put a stopgap there who can help us. In I pitch. think with 26 players, it'd be stupid not to have natural position players, at least two in every position, specifically left back. Right, because and because you, of the expanded roster, right? Because yeah. you can bring well, that's what I mean. yes. twenty-six yeah. players. You have 26. the freedom to do yeah, that yeah. to have a left back that's going to play with the left foot, that's going to know where the where the options are. That it's not a bind situation where it's cover or backup, right? I, 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 like again, having said that, they did that with with with, with twenty-three, but with twenty-six, I think you have that freedom to be able to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've just never tested anybody enough to, or we've tested enough, but we we've haven't been people, convinced people enough. Failed to test. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll. I would be surprised if Sam Vines wasn't in the September camp because because of the lack of of depth in that position. You, and with you Anthony to, currently you, hurt, you need, you need yeah you need to you need to see what he can bring. Has he grown enough? He's playing on the top team in Belgium right now, and and Belgium has you know Club Bruges and Anderlecht typically teams who who do well in Europa League and sometimes Champions League group stage. I think it, it would make sense to see where he's at because. If you're looking at outside backs on the left side, anyone who's who's played there outside of Anthony Robinson hasn't lived up to it. So, um, and that's given Kellen Acosta could play there, Chris Richards could play there, uh, Scally could play there, Cannon could play there, Desk could play there. All of them, all right-footed and haven't haven't done well when they they have played at left back. So, um, I I am absolutely all in for Sam Vines getting an opportunity there. And Sam Vines isn't a, a new commodity either. He's got eight caps with the national team. He he has been around, and Greg Berhalter is well aware of him. And obviously, he's gotten off to a great start with Royal Antwerp. Okay, one more thing, and I, that was one of my things too, and I'm glad we got into that one, was kind of giving one last look to a few players. Sammy Vines was in there. I think Sargent obviously would be a part of the conversation. Uh, Pepe, I think, gets called into the September window. He's going to get that last Hail Mary to see if he can still find a role within the group. Uh, he feels pretty convinced he's going to be on the team no matter what. Joe Scally, I think, should be – I think probably just said his name again. Sergeant um, and Vines, I think, will be involved. But I'm very curious to see when the roster drops uh, next uh, week and whose names are on that. My last one is the center backs. I kind of just want to see who they are because I think whoever we play first, which is Japan – I knew that we were playing first – but but – what is that combination going to be? Is it going to be Zimmerman and Long? And and I don't know if you guys watched the whole Greg Berhalter interview, but he did mention that where MLS needs to improve is essentially... Jimmy, I don't have an hour. I have an hour for this pod, but I don't have an hour for an interview. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's fair. I watched it in one and a half speed. <laughs> but he he did mention that the way that MLS could improve is just that the, some players have too much time on the ball. And I was like, man, the guy's taking a shot at the defenders. But it's but he could potentially be be starting two MLS center backs in in this World Cup and, and let's just start with the Japan game with with Long and Zimmerman. So so that just I just thought that was a funny contradiction. Both in, of which have hit a dip in form. They um, have, or not a dip in form, but have been they haven't been haven't as sharp been peak as every game. They haven't. Game they haven't. They haven't. I agree with you on that. Even though it feels like Zimmerman starting it makes to, me to turn that around. It does, but it seems like Zimmerman's starting to. What's 
get I, get I, sharp again. But maybe that's just the timing, right? You have these lulls in a season, and and there's a lot of pressure on these guys it, to to be a certain. It makes as me, there should be, but listen, I think Jesus Ferreira is an example of somebody who's completely. Every time he, I go, I don't know if he's ready yet. Yeah, well, just he just continues to perform, right? And you see a quality of player that perhaps I've. I keep looking at him through a lens of six months ago, and he continues to develop. As Charlie said, these guys are improving regularly. But when I think about World Cup, the big stage, the big moments, it makes me nervous to think that Jesus Ferrer is going to be the one that has to deliver for us as a striker. And it makes me nervous that we've got two MLS center backs. And I don't mean just because they're MLS center backs, but two MLS very familiar center backs as, as our starting center backs in a World Cup. Now, I right. trust Walker Zimmerman because I've I feel he's like earned he's, he's, he's earned, earned the trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we, again, have not found that other solution, right? We we, we talk about uh, uh, Eric Palmer Brown, Cameron Carter Vickers, Aaron Long. Uh, we know who Greg tends to, to lean towards or wants to lean towards, especially pre-injury was, was Aaron mm-hmm. Long. Mm-hmm. We knew that we had Robinson before his injury. But now I, I, I feel a little nervous, one, because of the pairing and the rhythm between the pairing. Agreed. And that could be part of the decision-making is like, where's the rhythm? Who has the rhythm together, right? Because we know it's going to be Walker Zimmerman. I would guess we 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 know that's to be the mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm. And then who's got the rhythm next to him to make sure that they're on the same page? We don't have time to figure it out, right? To to go like, oh, when I step, you go. Who's back? Who owns this back line, Jimmy? You know, like mm-hmm. that partnership mm-hmm. is is really really valuable more than just saying it's not like. And you set positions. the line. Yeah. And you set the line. Uh, so so I still want to go back and and Charlie, I want your thoughts on the center back pairing as well. But the most impressive performance that I saw from our back line throughout all of qualifying was in uh, Azteca against Mexico. I just thought, this is me getting a little bit geeky about the game, but we weren't too high and we weren't too deep. And I thought we really were, were solid throughout that game. Of, of and, and if we can somehow encapsulate that and continue to show it against Japan and Saudi Arabia and, of course, leading into the World Cup, playing in the World Cup, that is going to be of the utmost importance to Heath's point. It's just that communication and that movement of, of when to go and when to stay as a group. Because if you don't have that, then you're going to have guys going, you might have half the team looking to press and the other half looking to drop off. And that opens up gaps. And then everybody gets frustrated. And everybody hates being out on the field. And then you're just chasing shadows the whole time. And that sucks. So you definitely need center backs that are vocal and, and are in command of how we're moving as a team. A hundred percent. And if I'm a striker, I'm looking at who would I like to play against? Mm. Because so tell us. <laughs> you, you, you could have two center backs that are very similar, and I, I don't I don't think that works. I think they have to complement each other. And I and I'm looking at who complements each other each other well, plus who is 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 at the, the level that you need for a World Cup. If I'm going to pick two players right now, I'm going with Zimmerman and Richards. That that that's my starting my start starting. Even though two. Richards hasn't played much. Crystal Palace. He's played. He's played. Not gonna. I mean, he's playing. He's played minutes, and he's he's Um, he's at he's he's with Patrick Vieira in the prem. I mean, if you look at the two center backs who are playing in front of him, it's not like he's playing. He's behind two average guys. These are these are center backs who are are weekly being looked at by top clubs. And Anderson are are his age. Um, Hmm? Like Gay and Anderson, the guys playing over him at 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 uh, Crystal Palace are around. I think are his age. Mm-hmm. Great. The, that he's, they're that two, he's, that he's competing they're two phenomenal center backs. So. But, we're, but, but what we're suggesting potentially is you're, you're saying play them here, get them the 180 minutes together. Because it's, that makes me, uh, on, on paper, makes me nervous the thought that he could play one, two minutes every other game up to, up to the World Cup, which mm-hmm. is likely the case for him. Um, and you're going to take that chance now to say, all right, doesn't matter. I know he's got quality. 
Let's mm-hmm. give them the 180 minutes because these could be my starters come the World Cup because I think even though his situation his playing situation is not great, he's the best player next to next to Robinson, uh, next to Zimmerman, or could be the, the the best player next to Zimmerman. Yeah, yeah. Or it's Cameron Carter Vickers. I, I think because Cameron Carter Vickers plays every week. But it would you say he's proven enough? I don't know. But if you gave him a shot in these two friendlies, you could say, okay, this is how it works, because I think they could complement each other. Long, I think Aaron Long just isn't quite there yet. And he's he's talked about it. Greg's talked about it. He's still working back to get back to where he was before his injury. That takes time. And so the center back pairing, that that's what scares me. If if I'm looking at the World Cup, that that's what I'm nervous about. Because Matt Turner is the one. That's not even a, a discussion anymore because Zach Steffen went down injured. And the whole reason he left Man City was to get playing time. And now being out for this amount of time with an injury, it, it puts you one, you're not even playing at all, not even training. And Matt Turner is now going to get those one-off games, Europa League here, maybe cup games here. So Matt Turner healthy is your one. I think that is, that's not even a question anymore. So Matt Turner is your one. Now the center back pairing in front of him, which is so important that that's where I'm so nervous because the nine, the nine will figure itself out. You know, whether it's Josh Sargent, whether it's Jesus Ferreira, whether it's Ricardo Pepe, I think it's one of those three who will be starting against Wales. That that will get sorted in in time. The the center back pairing, I'm not so sure. This is gonna be tough, Heath. What, what's your dream pairing at this point? Let's just say for the Japan game and, and leave the the start of the World Cup out of it. Uh, can you restructure that question? I'm not going with dream pairing. Okay. And what's your your center back? What's your dream pairing? I don't have a dream pairing in this group right now. I have. I was a, hoping I have you'd a, say me and Eddie Pope, but okay, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <Let's go. laughs> what's my What's my dream pairing? No, no, Jimmy, and, and I want you to ask answer this too. I will. I will. I would say. For me, is is another look at Cameron Carter Vickers because he's been solid. He's going to play consistently. He's going to play at a high level. Uh, in it, uh, just I played against high, Real Madrid. Yeah, like a high level within Europe, and he's in a situation where you're playing against opponents that play you like it's a World Cup every single time you play them. Right, trying to get points off of Celtic in the league outside of outside of Rangers, of course, and so. I I I I, I want to keep seeing him. My worry with him, though, is he hasn't shown me anything that that gives me um, a he's he's got this as, this is a nine in him, and maybe he's got some sevens and eights in his abilities. You haven't seen his strength. I like haven't his seen his strength. strength. No, I've seen him fit in. I've seen him make the plays, but I haven't seen. And sometimes you look at it through a passive lens or whatever, and you go, oh, what big goal line clearance. And you're like, let's dial it back. You realize somebody's out of position. They have to make that play because uh, they're not in the right spot. I just haven't seen that big strength that makes me go. And same thing for, for Chris Richards. I haven't seen the big strength yet. I but see the Richards has played a whole season starting in the Bundesliga. All right? He, so, he's, so, he was listen. at Bayern. He's, yes, he, was, yes. he was considered I, at I, Bayern. I, Right now, I, gotta, I, I, for me, it's got to be Richards and Zimmerman. To, for to me, start. I agree. I actually, I agree with you, Charlie. Uh, I think that Richards and Zimmerman to start against Japan would be something I would like to see, just because of the center back pairing and that rapport that we're trying to build. My concern with Cameron Carter-Vickers for for good portions of their game, Celtics three zero loss to Real Madrid at Celtic Park this past week. I thought he looked fine. You know, he looked comfortable, no problem. But there was a play that ended up leading to Madrid's second goal where. He takes a chance of going into midfield to try to win a tackle. He doesn't, doesn't, doesn't happen, and they end up scoring, right? So you make that one mistake in a in a in a World Cup game, and that that could be it, right? And so there has to be 
that thoughtfulness of him of when he's going to make that decision, you got to win it. There can't be any, you can't, you can't miss that ball. If you got to take a yellow, whatever you take a yellow. So those little decisions I think could, uh, you know, not to say the other guys don't make those same mistakes, but but that's something that I'm looking at. If we're really going to start nitpicking these guys, that's the little thing. Of course, Madrid, best team in Europe right now and, and playing extremely well. So you take all that into consideration. And and I think he should be in the Japan camp, or excuse me, the camp for this upcoming thing and, and get one of the games or at least half of it. But that's that's something that uh, I'm keeping in mind. And I just think that it should so be Richards. I, I'm going Richards and and. So you're saying we're going to go with Richards, 180 minutes to get him these minutes. There's a good no. chance over the next eight weeks he's still not going to play any minutes, and he's going to go into the world. I'm Cup not going to give him. No, I didn't. I didn't say the whole the whole thing. But against Japan, I would start Zimmerman and and Richards and and see what that looks like and feels like, and then potentially. I think I think he's going to try all four of these. Whatever center backs he brings in, I think they're all going to get a half together, and then which you know doesn't really fit the narrative of trying to fine tune. It's more still trying to tinker, but. We kind of are where we are with the center backs. There's a lot to get into there. And obviously, we'll have more to discuss once the roster drops next week. We're going to take our first and only break of in soccer. We trust when we come back, we're going to hear the thoughts from Thierry and Henri and Jamie Carragher about Christian Pulisic. We'll obviously preview some of the biggest games for our player pool with the Premier League not playing this weekend. And then Iran just named a new coach three months out of the World Cup. We'll get into that as well. Don't go anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davis and Heath Pierce. And we have just done a little wish list for the September roster. We appreciate your support as always. Drop us a follow on Twitter, ISWT Pod. Also, if you didn't get to listen to Brian McBride, absolute legend of our program and of the game here in this country, we interviewed him yesterday. Go back and listen to that or watch it on the YouTubes and hit that subscribe button to show your appreciation. We would appreciate that overall. All right, boys. So, Grant Potter. In at Chelsea, Thomas Tuchel's out. Christian Pulisic, I don't know if he's pulling the strings to make that happen, but the guy definitely needs to get some more playing time. And there's a lot of talk about just how good Christian Pulisic is. So midweek during the Champions League coverage, Thierry Henry and Jamie Carragher with our very own Clint Dempsey in the middle of it, a little Clint Dempsey sandwich. They talked about Christian Pulisic, and here were their thoughts on, on what he's doing and where he stands and what he should be trying to do to get out of his current situation. Let's take a listen. I think he's good enough to play for Chelsea. I think he's been there a few years now. I think he's had enough opportunities. I don't think a new manager is going to completely rejuvenate him and he's going to be playing week in, week out. I just think he's a squad player at Chelsea, no matter who the But with the time is. that he's been given in the games, I still think it's comparable to some of those other guys that are in there in terms of chances that are created. He's also scored some big goals for them, especially in the Real Madrid game, the semifinal, that um, after that win gets them to the final. I know that, you know, talking with y'all, you say maybe he's not good enough but he's still he's still a young player and still has a lot to prove and it doesn't mean that he still can't go on to another level what what was the hashtag sorry free pool the sick he has to free himself <laughs> you have to come and deliver uh, one point it's about you also what you bring on the table you can be the best chef in the world and if the guy doesn't put anything put anything on the table what are you going to cook if i put you an egg you cook an egg 
you will never show that you're the best chef on the, in the, in the, on the, you know. The this is an interesting chef. analogy. No, no, no. Don't be shady. We know that country, no? No, no, no. Gordon Ramsay over here. But look, it's so always. You get involved in food. We had enough of that last night. No, yeah. but it's always about the coach. It's always about help him and help that. Can you bring something at the table for me to cook? Can it be about himself? Free yourself. Whether you stay or you leave, can you perform? That's yeah. about it. So I get what Thierry's trying to say, and, and uh, I don't know if I, want to, if I want to agree with what Jamie Carragher is just calling him a squad player, because I think that when Christian Pulisic gets those run of games, he's proven that he can be somebody they can trust in their attack to consistently deliver with, with some type of goal contribution, whether it's the, the hockey assist, the assist itself, or the goal. Uh, Charlie, as a resident number nine, and uh, no disrespect to you, Heath, as, as, a, as a resident left back, but let's talk about Pulisic's uh, just, just overall, and then obviously what these guys had to say about it. Yeah, I mean, you could say Christian hasn't delivered and done this when he's gotten coming in as a substitute. But then you'd say, who on Chelsea has? And they always say Mason Mount this and Mason Mount that. <laughs> they're, I, they're I, I keep going back to this. Christian is, is better crazy. than Mason Mount when they're both in their in their prime, fit and in form. I would take Christian all day, every day because I think he gives you more. Mm -hmm. And so. For whatever reason, Thomas Tuchel said, you're going to be my fall guy. So if things aren't going right, you're the first one to come off. And, you know, it, it, it might not be Christian's fault, but injuries have really played a role in taking him out of form. And, and then re having to reset. And then at Chelsea, you have to earn your way back because typically when you're playing at a big club, as soon as you come off the pitch and you give another player an opportunity, that player is not letting it go. And in a lot of cases that young player or that player who's been kind of waiting and just waiting for that chance, they take it and then they just end up, they're never coming out. So then I think for Christian, he, he decided to say, you know what? Well, Mason Mount's my guy there now. And you're always going to be the substitute. Then they brought in Raheem Sterling. That was the sign for me. They were, they even went after Anthony at, at Everton. Yeah. So Anthony Gordon at, at Everton. So for me, the, Thomas Tuchel was over. And you, there's nothing you could do to change the manager's mind once he goes that direction. And so when Graham Potter comes in, yeah, it's not, oh, all of a sudden I'm going to play Christian every single time. But you have an opportunity to really change yeah, his clean mindset. Slate. You have a bit of a yes. clean slate to, to, to get yes. after it. But to Thierry's point, Heath, there was clearly something that either Pulisic was embodying behind the scenes. Maybe he wasn't training well. Maybe he's just not being someone who's uh, a positive add to the, the changing room, locker room at that point. You know, I don't. So, so I get what Thierry's saying, but also it just felt like in comparison, other players got more trust and a longer leash from Tuchel. And that's what I think was the most frustrating. If he comes in and has, gets three straight games for Graham Potter and sucks, yo, I think we're all going to be like, all right, fair play. You gave him three games. But if you're only going to give him 10, 15 minutes of garbage time when the team's already not playing well and he's still trying to do what he can to try to salvage those minutes, that feels pretty harsh, I think, in some ways in terms of how a Jamie Carragher is viewing a Christian Pulisic. Yeah, I, I think there was it, it was kind of the perfect storm in a lot of ways. Uh, they signed a bunch of players that were in their early 20s as attackers that were going to have the inconsistency of a number of players in their early 20s, right? So Christian Pulisic got chances. He went on runs. There was some competition for positions. Over time, he became what I think is one of the scapegoats uh, for, for Thomas Tuchel. And then, as Charlie mentioned, Thomas Tuchel eventually made a decision on him. Now that resets. The hard part is that Graham Potter's inheriting a new team. And he's going to look at, if I give you a run, what can you make? If I give you 10 minutes, what can you do for me, right? 
before you come knocking on my door, I'm gonna, you're going to get your fair chance. Now, fair chance doesn't mean start me 10 games in a row at Chelsea because if, if he does that and doesn't get the results, Graham Potter's going to be out the door. So he's going to put out the team that he thinks is going to get him the results that keep them in a place or, or near a European position, which fits within their, their, their scheduling. What, what were you going to say, Charlie? I was going to say, I think it just works out better for Christian Pulisic when you have Obama Young as a nine instead of Havertz because Kai Havertz isn't a nine either. He mm-hmm. was taking up positions that Christian would new, usually flow into. So you have a, a withdrawn nine, essentially. Yeah. How does that benefit Christian where now you have Pierre Obama Young who's going to be making runs in behind, stretching back lines, creating that space underneath where Christian typically thrives. So if you have Sterling on one side and then Christian Pulisic on the other with a striker like Obama Young, who's constantly making runs in behind, I think that plays to his advantage. So, what do you think? A, do you think Pulisic's going to play on the right side? Because you're not moving Sterling. No, I, and I think he can play on the right side because that's the only place he can play. He's not going to play striker, and he's not going to play with where yeah. Sterling. Well, this is this is what I mean is that like there might be Pulisic might be a victim of Thomas Tuchel moving on and bringing in players that I think are actually better than Christian Pulisic in that position. Raheem Sterling is better than Christian Pulisic. Um, no one's no one's doubting that. Yeah. No one's, so, no, so that no one's position argue that either. Is, is gone. Obama Yang is going to take it. You could have had Raheem Sterling as a, as a, as a false nine if you but wanted to, but you've got Obama Yang now, right? So now you've got a position where Pulisic needs to play, and we it's Mount we or him. Seen, yeah, it's Mount yeah. him Havertz. Three players for one position, and you well, could even move, and, you could move Mason Mount into and Ziyech too. I I still think Christian's better than Ziyech, but if you put Mason Mount in the midfield as like an attacking eight or 10 and you keep he has been playing the time and you, and you would put, you keep Christian on the wing with Sterling. That for me would be the best way for Chelsea to move forward. And, and it plays right into what would I essentially get the best out of Christian. So you I just got, I hope that Greg's calling Graham Potter right now to tell him all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Brian McBride what, already did. What's, what's interesting. That's right. Brian McBride. What's interesting is that because of the cancellation of the Premier League games this weekend, they're all they're They're saying it might be canceled. Next weekend as well, because of the funeral and all, and all the security that's going to have to be around that particular event. They might not have enough security at all the stadiums around the country. That The Grand Potter might only have one game with Chelsea before this international break. And that's a lot of training time. And, and for him, from, from a coaching perspective, that's great, right? You get to kind of implement your thing without the pressure of having to perform. And you get like a nice little flow. It's almost a, a proper preseason here for Grand Potter. So that's interesting. And I wonder how Christian is going to fit into that. So a big opportunity for him. And, and uh, we'll have to wait and see how it goes. I hope that he that he makes Jamie Carragher eat his words by scoring against England in the World Cup. That would be goddamn sweet. And I would continue to roll that clip and send it to Jamie Carragher for, for every single day until he called it soccer instead of football. All right. Uh, let's talk about some of the big games that are happening around the world for some of our players. Most notably for me, Eric Palmer Brown, you know, maybe on the out, out outside, looking in for the center back position, taking on uh, Lance today for Trois. That game kicks off in a little while. And we got Yunus Musa taking on uh, Raya Vallecano. We got Gio Reyna taking on RB Leipzig, who just fired their coach. Uh, other big names, John Brooks. Will he play for Benfica this week against uh, Falmi Chao? We'll have to see about that. Des, will he get more minutes? Made his debut recently for Milan against, they're playing against Sampdoria this weekend. Luca De La Torre taking on Atletico Madrid. Got a couple minutes there at the end of the, the game last weekend against Cadiz. Uh, who else we got? Pepe. That's one to watch for sure as Groningen takes on Camber. In the Eredivisie, that's on Sunday, very early, 5.30 a.m. Pacific, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, PFOC, looking like he's still hurts, probably not going to play this one. Sammy Vines, 
He's got a game. Joe Scally, Bruce Munch, and Gladbach taking on Freiburg, who have been excellent this season. We got Mark McKenzie taking on Union. Uh, I can't even say it, but they just beat Union Berlin in the, the Europa League or Europa Conference League. So that's a pretty big result for them. And uh, Haji Wright's got a game. Reggie Cannon. Weston McKinney's taking on Sauer Natana with Juventus. And those are pretty much the biggest names. Any Anyone that you're most excited to see, Heath, I know that you're going to go with Ricardo Pepe. I mean, that just goes, you're like his biggest <clears throat> stand at this point. Yeah, yeah. I've got two games that, that I'm going to make time to watch. Uh, and that's Sam Vines playing Circle Bruges because I just want an update on him. So I'm going to watch him. It's on ESPN and Plus. And, and I'm going to watch that in, uh, actively to see sort of what, what are we working with now with Sam Vines. We've seen him in the national team. Yeah. Could he be a potential option? I think that's first. Thank all, you for doing that work for us. Yeah, we salute yeah. you. Yeah, I'll I'll report back um, <laughs> on 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 that one. And then Ricardo Pepe, he needs to play. We talked about twenty two out of the twenty six being selected. Not only does he need to play, but he needs to show some of the things that I saw flashes of because it, he, you know, at at uh, Augsburg, he's always looked a a fraction of himself there. And so that's one that I'm going to watch as well. Just unfortunately see, like, that's not being listed as on ESPN plus, but maybe that changes before kickoff again, that one kicks off pretty early. So uh, be on the lookout for that. How about you, Charlie? I'm watching Gio Reyna. Uh, okay. I want to see him RB Leipzig and just coming off of, of two assists in champions league. What does that look like the next game? Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited. Will he starts? Because, I mean, he came off the bench in this one, right? He, he's he's just a big talent. So I want to see how he's progressing and, and what he looks like. Um, and then just continuing to see Yunus Musa in that midfield role. Mm-hmm. That, that's been that's been a joy. That's a bright spot for this U.S. Men's National Team. For him to be in the in the center of the park in La Liga and starring and playing for Gattuso, I mean that is really that bodes well for the U.S. Men's National Team come come November. I can tell you that. So you're watching our two 19 year old midfielders. I like that. Both of those games are on ESPN Plus early Saturday morning. A game that I'll be paying attention to just out of curiosity is John Brooks and whether he is going to get the start. Uh, Benfica a little thin right now in the center back position. So we'll see if he ends up getting the nod there. I actually want to see if Serginho Dest gets the opportunity to to Mm -hmm. start against Sampdoria. That would be really interesting to see how he's utilized. I know they play a back four, but maybe they could shift into a back three with him out there and then Teo Hernandez on the left side. It's, It's definitely interesting for any Milan fans to see what Dest can bring to the table. Obviously, I'm keeping an eye on all these guys. And then Ricardo Pepe is obviously, can, will he start and will he get the opportunity to, to start banging in? If he starts, he, he scores. I'm calling it now. You calling it right now? That mm. Wow, that's a bold shout. You know if what? I got plenty starts, of time for he that. he scores. If he starts, he scores. But not out wide. He's got to be in the number nine spot. Right? Has to be central. Sure. Has to be central. All right. Cool. All right. One more final note that I want to get into just to discuss a little bit. Iran just named Carlos Kirosh as their head coach. What's interesting about uh, Carlos is that he once coached Iran from 2011 to 2019. but And he's been away from the program for three and a half years, but now he's back after stints with Colombia and Egypt. And he's got three months to prepare them for this World Cup. Now, under Kirosh, Iran gave, for me, a very excellent account of themselves in the last World Cup. They beat Morocco. They drew with Portugal. And they lost narrowly to Spain to miss out on the round of 16 by just a point. They had four points themselves. So I feel like they're in a certain, another situation where everybody's expecting them to be the ones that give up the most points. But I don't think you can sleep on this Iran team, especially with a manager that knows how to get the most out of his group. I know that there's some Iranians out there that don't care for Kirosh too much, but I feel like that's pretty much the same with all national teams, Heath. 
where you know there's a, like this love or hate relationship with with whoever's in charge. But I actually think this is a, a pretty good hire, pretty smart at this point. If you're not going to go with the other guy, bringing back somebody that knows most of these core players, knows to have how to have success with this group, makes me a little bit more nervous if they had gone with Skocic instead. Well, let me let me ask you guys this: going back to 2018 World Cup qualifying when they brought in Bruce Arena, did you not think that he'd bring he'd bring it home, like that he'd he'd finish the deal off exactly how he wanted it? That comfort yes, of I bringing that, somebody for sure. who knew the system, knew the team, knew what it meant, knew how to motivate players and whatever. And it didn't happen. So you're running the risk with that familiarity of saying, has he burned too many bridges? Do the players trust him? Have they heard things about him? Do new players actually think this guy is going to be somebody that I can trust and buy into? They're ob- and obviously they're in a bad spot because they're a couple months out and don't have a coach. Um, but that's the risk, right? And maybe the buy-in is there and, and he's able to motivate the players, but maybe that same thing backfires in terms of, Oh, now we're playing a completely different way than we played before. Maybe it's, you know, the demands are, 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 are different or this guy, I don't like him. Or maybe you're changing the team because of personal relationships and things like that. Right. That is the, the risks of that familiarity that, that I think you're running. So I am more nervous, but I'm also, I'm also trying to look at it from the other side and say, you know, what went wrong before and, and how will they prevent that from being, you know, sort of a, a cancerous pill in, in this locker room going into a World Cup? Okay, and then Charlie, how, what do you think about this? Because I agree with Heath's sentiments for sure. I think there are yeah. some risks about bringing somebody back, and the Bruce Arena comparison is apt for sure. What What are your thoughts on this? I, I, does that make you a little bit more nervous, given what Iran has achieved and and how difficult they were to beat in 2018 under Kirosh? Yeah, I, I think it makes them better just because of of the experience that he possesses. And yeah, you might be talking about burn bridges and this and that, but at the end of the day, they're in the World Cup, so. There is no time to say, hey, I don't trust him or I don't believe in him because it's the World Cup. So it's do or die. That Those questions can't be asked anymore. Those reservations, th- there is nothing more to because you've already qualified for the World Cup. So, But you had you, U.S. at 98. You had France in 2009. What was it? What, what did France have? U.S. at 98. Out? You had Steve Sampson. And he absolutely tanked the team because of the, the – we Brian touched on it. I mean, the I know that's turmoil. What, but, but what I'm saying is that that turmoil does matter going into a World Cup. I know you don't have time to say it, but we saw France, the best team in the world, go out in the group stages and um, and they've told that – I can't remember what World Cup that is now telling that story. The U.S. tanking as well. There can be some turmoils that 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 mm-hmm. go into it. You don't have time to spoil it over time. Right. But there could be pre – pre, you know, um, whatever. Yeah, uh, but I think it's more – outside of the team not in the team so in terms of the team itself i don't think there's any qualms or quarrels or or problems i think it's everything happening around the iranian team so you bring in carlos kirosh and you're saying okay lead us to victory you 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 got some results in the last world cup we believe in you to do it again and for iran you're saying hey we're not in the group of death we we can beat Wales. We yeah. could possibly right. beat us. Maybe England's like the, okay, let's just try and keep it close for goal differential. But in terms of trying to get out of the group, they see that as a possibility. So mm-hmm. this is a, mm-hmm. a fantastic hire for the group because now if you're, if I'm a player and I'm thinking we don't have a coach, things are, all these things are happening around political and, and we're, we, we don't have a real leader to give us a direction. Oh, we actually got a coach who actually will know what to do and, and kind of mm-hmm, give us mm-hmm. a, a good game plan heading into each match. So I think it empowers Iran, if anything. Yeah, okay, Jimmy, well, I, Jimmy, it was France 2010, right? And it was when like Nicholas Anelka was sent home and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and all that kind of chaos. Um, again, that's that's internal, but uh, I'm just I, I'm just speculating on things I don't know, but just trying to find some optimism in like, 
it's not all uh, you know, rainbows and butterflies and when and somebody returns. When somebody returns. Now, so after his first set with Iran, he took charge of Colombia in February 2019. And uh that year there was a Copa America. They fell in the quarterfinals in a penalty shootout to to Chile. Their main target, though, was to qualify for their their for the World Cup, of course. And they had a 3-0 loss to Uruguay during that qualifying campaign. And that's their worst loss at home in 82 years. And then following that, he lost 6-1 to to Ecuador. And he got, he got the axe after 18 games. So then he moves over to Egypt, okay? He goes to Egypt, and he gets to the African Cup of Nations final, only to lose to Senegal, still in charge of them as they have to play Senegal over two legs to get into this, this World Cup. And they lost again uh, in, in penalties so he got fired from there. And now he's there to be the savior of Iran. This guy's been around. He's seen some things. And I think that experience will ultimately help the team. But I do think that there could be, if there's already pre-existing distractions, that they could still exist even if this guy comes back. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But we thought that was obviously of note for U.S. men's national team fans since we played them last. And I do believe that it's going to come down to that last game. And we're going to need a win to book our ticket to the knockout rounds. And, and so that game will end up being pretty pivotal for us. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how and what Iran does in the lead up because they haven't really had any friendly games of note and, and uh, that's not good for them either. All right, guys, final thoughts before we let everybody go. They can enjoy this beautiful weekend and then we can get after it again with three more shows for you next week. We're working on a special guest as always. I don't want to, to confirm anything just yet, but uh, then we have the roster dropping as well. So that will be an episode to be looking out for. We got some, we got some news. Eddie Pope, might be investing in an MLS Next Pro team. I think it's cool when former players get involved in trying yes. to grow the game. So Absolutely. that's very cool. We have the announcement that maybe the FIFA Club World Cup will be coming to America in 2023. That'll be in February. Seattle Sounders, baby, a little home turf. I wonder where they're going to host those games. I don't know if you guys want to talk about that or anything else, but final thoughts, Charlie, I'll come to you first. Yes. Um, my final thought is I think we we got our 23, right? Maybe not 26, but we have our 23 locked for for September. And uh, I'm excited. I mean, uh, there's some wiggle room, and I think it depends on on form at, at that point. The last three spots, there's there's room for change just based on on form, health. So um I, I'm proud I'm proud of what we were able to accomplish on this episode. Look at look at look at the and, proud and, dad and the, over and there. And the Charlie, art behind Charlie me is yeah. a is a English uh, artist, Damien Hurst. Um, yeah, Charlie does them so well. He actually gave those to Charlie. Yeah, it just sounds expensive. It's, it's, it's a nice contrast to your denim on denim yeah, that you're wearing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Thank make sure you, if you're listening, you come to YouTube. And hey, watch, yeah, the, and look the at patch what is, the, this patch right here. Actually, it's Dairy Dairy Eagles Dairy Soccer Club, New Hampshire. It was the first club I tried out for in first grade and did not make. So. I keep that patch. Chip on the shoulder. Uh, always on the shoulder. That chip on the yeah. shoulder. Put, on the, you know put it on I mean? the shoulder. And, yeah. and, you know, it, when I look at your jacket, though, I think Freddie Mercury called and he wants it back. That's that's what I think of when I see that jacket. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, that's a good jacket what? to have then. Freddie Mercury. It is. is Freddie Mercury's man. a legend. He's a legend. He's a legend. Yeah. All right, Heath Pierce, final thoughts. Yeah, I, I, the more I think about this, I think that um, with 26 players in the World Cup, they should have to go back and name three more players for every World Cup in the past, and then give them <laughs> give go. them the World Cup bonuses as well. <laughs> like I just, I don't, I don't know. I I believe in like just growth and oh, and and so being progressive <laughs> for the game, but I also think that maybe they should they should uh, recognize they should have done this all along. You know, they're going to five subs permanently. We all know all these things that are happening. So just go back, give the World Cup bonuses, <laughs> name three more. I'll still probably be an alternate. But, like, I just need that peace of mind. Unbelievable. All right, that is the show. 
Thank you for listening and watching In Soccer We Trust. As always, uh, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're also available on video. That's why you're watching us here on the YouTube. Hit subscribe on that as well. So on behalf of Producer Des, Producer Alex, Charlie, Chuck Wagon Davies, Hollywood Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Trashcan Conrad saying we'll see you next week. Enjoy your weekend. Later.